0: From the yeehaws to the yahoos and everything in between, this podcast is for you. Hey guys, we thought maybe you'd like to learn a little bit about us and how we got into horses, so I think Holly's going to be, um, she's going to be up first, so here we go. Hi Holly, how are
1: you? Good, how are you?
0: I'm good. (laughs) We're going to try not to make this an interview, we're going to just try to make it a conversation. Um. So anyway, let's start off by you telling us a little bit about maybe, um, your childhood and if you did you grow up with horses or, what what were you like as a child? Were you the horse crazy kid or were you the sports kid or you know what what was what was Holly like back then?
1: Um. So I didn't grow up with horses. I grew up in Richwood in the middle of town. So. Horses weren't even an option if I would have wanted them. Um, I was into a little bit of everything. I did sports. I did pageants. Um, I was a daddy's girl, a little bit of a tom girl, but I also did things like pageants and was girly. and So just a little bit of everything. Um, Did you have animals? I did have animals. I loved animals. But not to the extent I do now. That's definitely grew with me the older that I've gotten. We actually joke about it in my family a lot. My sister, Ariel, was always dragging in different animals as we grew up. So <laughs> so, um, she was dragging in a stray dog or our, our next cat or bought our next puppy. And so I never got the opportunity to own any of my actual own animals. Ariel's animals were our animals. So I had one cat the entire time we grew up that was actually mine other than I did have a few like hamsters or hermit crabs or things like that (laughs) hermit crabs but as far as cats and dogs I really wanted like I would keep asking my parents I would be like can I pick the next one can I pick the next one and then Ariel they would say yes but then Ariel would drag home the next thing and so there was never opportunity for that (laughs) so I had one cat and her name was Tinkerbell and I loved her dearly sadly she passed um on Halloween one night. But yeah, as far as animals, that's the extent of it. Was any any small thing that you can think of? Her, hermit crabs, hamsters. Um we used to like catch salamanders at um Summit Lake and keep them as pets.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: I I got
0: to say I didn't do anything that didn't have fur. So that <laughs> creeps me out slightly. I'm not about anything Is that where your gonna...
1: frog? Oh,
0: yeah, no. Yep. No frogs for this girl.
1: Frog
0: phobia comes from. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, no, no Oh Yeah.
1: We would keep frogs. We actually had a salamander that had babies one time. That was pretty cool. (laughs) Oh my. Wow. Interesting. So
0: do you think that the animal uh, now, because now you have cats and dogs and horses. So do you think the horses kind of got you more into animals as a whole or you just think now you're big and can make your own choices so now you have more animals uh, were they a gateway a, a gateway drug that's what i'm saying were horses a gateway drug
1: i don't think that horses were a gateway drug to other animals um other than just more horses like it seems like i can never just be happy with the number that i have i just keep adding I feel like that's that's called an addiction, although
0: Dawn Don, Don Cutlip tells us it's not an addiction, it's a passion. It's a passion,
1: so that makes me feel better. Um, but no, I, I we always joked about my sister that she was Ellie Mae, and that she would grow up and she wouldn't have kids, and she would have all the animals. Oh, and, and now you've taken that spot. Yeah, I've uh, taken my spot. I always loved kids growing up, um, but I found quickly into my adulthood that kids weren't something that I really wanted I say all the time I'm a little bit too selfish for them I think um but I my first ever animal as an adult um Timmy and I got together and it was our German Shepherd Diesel and I think he was my gateway into all of my other animals
0: Oh, cool. um
1: so yeah I got him first before horses and yeah then I think that just honestly Years being into veterinary medicine, like that was my gateway drug to everything. Honestly, yeah.
0: So you get to thank the, you get to thank that for it then. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So what? How did you get into horses then? From that, from going to no horses at all? No, not really
1: even any interest, right, in horses? No, not really. Um, I never really thought about horses. I don't have a super great memory of my childhood, like. I had an awesome childhood, but I don't remember a ton from it. Um, but I do remember my sister, the one that we would say would be Ellie Mae, took riding lessons in Somersville in town and riding lessons of horses. And that's the only thing in my entire childhood that I can even recall of horses, even thinking about them or anything like oh. that. Um, and I don't think I was ever interested as far as I can remember. I never asked my mom to take riding lessons. It was something that Ariel did and then um, her partner got bucked off and my mom got scared and so she didn't let her ride horses anymore and that was kind of the end of that. So how I got into horses, um, my best friend in high school had horses and we um, hung out and I stayed the night at her house a lot and we rode I wouldn't say that we rode like we rode pretty much every time I was over there um but you know she came to my house sometimes we hung out at other people's places so I mean I wouldn't say that it was a ton I definitely was not an experienced rider from just that experience at all but we just go to have fun and like ride carelessly and didn't do any competitions or anything like that you know just bathing them and brushing them and riding through fields and going on trail rides and taking care of them and that type of stuff, but nothing really super competitive until um, I guess I was 20 I think at the time and me and Timmy had just gotten married and um, our landlord was going to sell her house and so we had to find somewhere new to live and we were kind of panicking because there's not a ton of rentals in Somersville and we really wanted to stay over this way we had already both lived in Richwood and really didn't want to do that and um, we both worked in Somersville. so um, Judy Adkins was actually our landlord's mom and she is one of the sweetest people you will ever meet and she was like you know what my sister has a house for rent she was like she just moved out she moved into her house and I think she's going to be written it. She was like, so I'm going to reach out to her. She almost, like, felt bad and just felt like she took this, like, I have to find them a place. And so she called Crystal and... And Con- that was, sorry not to interrupt, but that, in, that person
0: ended up being no other than... Crystal Browning. Right. Yeah. So Crystal and Kenny Browning. Okay. Yes. All right. So that's
1: how we came across them and, of course, horses. Um, So... Crystal, she called up Crystal and she said, Jude, you know, I'm, I'm not really ready to rent my house. I haven't, don't have things cleaned out of it. I don't have anything ready. And Judy pretty much, I think, strongly persuaded her. Like, I need you to let this young couple, please let them live in your house. And um, Crystal didn't even know that we were married. She thought that I was Timmy's girlfriend. Like, she still has Timmy to this day and her phone is Timmy renter. And I think for the longest time that I was in her phone as like Timmy's girlfriend or something like that. Like she didn't know that we were married. So anyway, Yeah. So we moved in and it didn't take, I mean, gosh, I would say a couple days. And she had us up there looking at the horses and petting them and stuff like that. And I can't remember an exact timeline, but within the first month I was riding horses with her. And so that's kind of what got me started. Um, before then, even riding with my high school best friend, I didn't really have the grand passion. It, I liked horses, mm-hmm. and I liked when I was there. It was fun for me, but I never, I never had that fire in me that was like, oh, I want to own horses for the rest you of my life, and I need to go and buy a and I need to get a farm, and yeah.
0: You need to waste, I need to waste all of my money, <laughs> throw it down the drain, or set it on fire... Or throw it out the truck window. You didn't have
1: that. You didn't have that passion to begin with? Nope. I didn't have that passion to begin with. Interesting. Yeah, and so now Crystal apologizes about every six months. I do the same thing. I accept her apology because it is her fault. She says, I'm sorry you you have no money and you're poor and you're crazy like the rest of us now.
0: But you actually accept her apology. That's nice. That's (laughs) nice that you accept it. I don't know if I would accept it, to be honest. If somebody had gotten me into this crazy
1: life of horses, I don't know if I would accept their apology or not. I think I accept it on a six-month basis and that um, she has to continue to tell me. (laughs) gotcha so it's like uh you know like a one and done I'll forgive you for the rest of my life Uh, that makes more sense yeah that makes way more sense so of course she barrel raced and that was not even on the map at the time um of me riding when I had ridden before in the past and I just thought that it was really interesting and that's the part that I fell in love with first I've always been an adrenaline junkie Uh, roller coasters like rides you name it I will do it and um she she was like
0: you know what she won't do though she won't jump (laughs) off an airplane with me
1: I knew you were gonna bring that up I will now I just need to commit a little I'm not saying there's no hesitation (laughs) (laughs) to things but Actually, there is one thing that I will never do, and you will ever, never, ever, ever, ever get me to do it, and Timmy has tried, and that is the New River Gorge bridge, bridge Walk, because I'm terrified of bridges. I'm not terrified of heights, but bridges, and so you'll never get me to do that.
0: Okay, so... But I think
1: I'm going to go skydiving with you.
0: Okay, so sorry. I just had to... I had to throw that in there.
1: <laughs> darts. Darts. <laughs> Continue. Um, so, anyways... I just really fell in love with that part of it, the competition of it, and I'm really competitive, and so that just went hand-in-hand hand with that, and and I liked horses a lot, too, and so, anyways, riding lessons, hanging out, whatever you want to call it, um, it initially started with just hanging out with Kenny and Crystal, and just mainly me, um, Timmy came in at a later point, but, you know, I was going to horse shows with them, and um, hauling. I mean, to every big show that you can think of every small show i remember taking a trip to georgia with them in the first six months um and we got to stay at linda jet Mosley's house and got to mm, see her horses jealous. And, and yeah that's like big picture like so i got to see that from the very beginning and i was like man cool. i want to do this yeah that's cool and um so i started looking for my first horse and actually got to ride him at Colonials one year. And that's kind of what got me into actual barrel racing. And, um, yeah, the rest is history kind of from there.
0: So, who... So, tell us a little bit of the, the story of, of your first horse or your first maybe couple horses. Um, and how you found that horse. And just a little bit about the horse that, you know, or horses... That actually got you into it?
1: So, um, MKB, Dinky's Thunder, was my first horse. I got him from no other than Billy Ross. Uh,
0: cool. Um, cool, Yeah, cool.
1: he was a really, really, really nice horse. And I loved him. Um, with this, my first couple horses, I loved at home, but they weren't quite right for me in the pen. That happens. I was not only a 20-year-old learning how to ride, had never ridden before, um, but also had never had horses of my own before. And so there were a lot of things, he was my first horse and there were a lot of things I loved about him. He would Buffalo you a little bit. Um, and he got excited going into the pen. He always wanted to go and do his job, but he was just more high strung than what I felt like I needed for my first barrel horse. So I actually never sent him through the pattern at a show. I mm. sold him to Taylor Eastridge. Oh. Um, So, he was my first one, and then I went and bought a... How long did you have him, about? I had him about nine months, I want to say. So, you just rode him at home
0: and kind of got into the... So, he was kind of your introduction into horse ownership. This is what it's about. This is how you feed. This is how you,
1: you know, handle
0: one. This is how you tie a horse, whatever. So, he was kind of that horse for you. And then you realize, which I think happens a lot with people... You know, sometimes the first horse isn't the right horse, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think people want to fall in love with those first horses. If but if they're not right, you know, you you got to move on. So it's good that it's good that you did that.
1: Yeah, and I, I Crystal and Kenny were really really good in that nature of teaching me. Like, they encouraged me. Like, he's not probably the best for you, and always like they were like a beginner. Barrel racer does not go with a beginner barrel exactly. horse. Mm-hmm. And I will scream that to the top of my mm-hmm. lungs still this day because I agree with that 100%. And so we figured out he, he wasn't a beginner, but my next horse was. Um, well, and I think, I think, too,
0: something that, that you did, and I, I think you did it by accident, but it was still a good thing, was whenever you're looking for that horse, you have to be careful of who you ask to help you. And yeah. you were lucky enough. That oh my gosh, I hit the lottery
1: of like exactly, how,
0: yeah. And you, it was you had somebody who was experienced and somebody who wasn't trying to. Not, I shouldn't say she. It wasn't like she put you on any horse, but she wasn't trying to say, "Oh, just work it out. Just do this. Just do that." When you're Learning, there is no working it out. There is, you get the horse that's right for you. And my, this is just my opinion, but you get the horse that's right for you. And if it's not right for you, then, you know, you move on to the next one. Because I think that's where you get scared and things can happen. So...
1: Yeah, I, like, honestly can never imagine where he would get excited. I could have never imagined taking him to a barrel race, knowing what I know now. Of course, I didn't know that then. Exactly. But I'm so glad that they persuaded me I was gonna him say to Crystal knew that to... though, and I'm
0: sure she could see that, and yeah. so she was like, "This is this is gonna scare her," yeah, and that's you know which would have been the yeah, worst and thing. He knows if I would have continued, exactly, that's what I was gonna say. He may have scared you, and you you know you may have said, I, you know, I don't think this is for me. When you didn't actually get a fair, you know, it wasn't a fair look into how it could be with the right horse. Yeah, so. That's like I said you you hit the jackpot with that for sure, and most some people aren't that lucky,
1: yeah, I'm very fortunate because i I truly know for a fact, if I had not met Kenny and Crystal um even if I would have miraculously ended up with someone else that was in horses, I would not have had not just the horses that I do now or the the life with horses that I do. But my entire life in general, like even, and I'll tell you, like even going into like my first job as in vet med, like that all loops into Kenny and crystal. Right. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So the next horse that I got, she was my second horse. Um, with she her barn name was Foxy, and um I honestly don't even remember her registered name, but um she was out of, she was impressive bred, so. Yeah. Nothing. culture old. horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing, you know, to really shake a stick at, but she was a really good mare and super quiet and pretty and just really nice. Um, Megan Lyerly had put some time on her and had her going pretty good. Um, and me, you know, be crystal didn't know about how far along she was really. And me being the naive person that I was at the time I thought, you know, that if she had some time on barrels, oh, that was great. I could go on with her. right? And so, it things started to fall apart. I did take her to shows. I hauled her to shows. And I remember several times we didn't even make it through the pattern. Um, so, she was quiet enough for
0: your skill level, but she wasn't far enough along in the barrel pattern. Right. Which, once again, I think is something that happens to people. You know, it happens a lot. Like, those young horses you know, you get a trainer on them and and they look like they're easy to ride but then if you don't know how to continue that then it's hard to you know it's hard to keep those horses going
1: yeah and i don't think that i'm the mo- like i don't think that riding came naturally to me it's something that i've had to work at and so i see you know i know some people that that have worked out with that they've gotten a horse that wasn't as far along and they've been able to work through that but for me it was just taking my confidence and i wasn't you know, I was trying to barrel race as I was learning to ride,
0: yeah, like, which is tough,
1: yeah, so those it's are not two like,
0: completely separate things too, yes. like learning to ride correctly and do the things that you need to do, and then learning to so you had like a double whammy there, like yeah,
1: yeah, and so Foxy had to go unfortunately, and I couldn't financially, I couldn't keep her and mm-hmm. get another horse if I could have, I would have kept her because I loved her so much, and
0: how would you have her?
1: I had her for about a year, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, did she help your riding, though? Like, just your... She did. Yeah, she did help my riding. Um. Not in barrel racing, because I... Right. Very few... We did eventually end up making it through the pattern, but never at, like, a 40 time. Um, right. We were slow and... But we did end up eventually making it through and um, I sold her to a little girl in Pennsylvania and she still has her. She's Aww. not a little girl anymore. Um, I think she's graduated now, but she went to a, a wonderful home. And so that made it a little bit easier for me because that mare was really hard for me to get rid of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my first, what I would consider my first official barrel horse um, who taught me, took care of me was Doc Sugar Tee, and I got him from Christian, it was Macaulay at the time, but the Norsdale now, and that started a whole other friendship, and different road, and barrel racing, and things like that, but he was uh, my first official barrel horse, and he took care of me, that horse, it didn't matter if you jerked on his face, if you didn't touch him at all, if you pushed him, if you just sat there, if you looked the complete wrong way, it didn't matter, he did his job, he went in, and he turned, and he either... He didn't knock, like, a ton, but just to describe his turning style, if he didn't knock, you couldn't have fit a paper between him and the girl. He (laughs) was just super automatic, super nice, and calm and quiet. Um, I remember the first time I ever ran him, I was... I went to take him in the pen, and... um, But before I had bought him, some kids had leased him, and so he basically almost went from those leased kids directly to me. So, Christian didn't even know that at the time, but I didn't know her either. And so, it's really funny thinking about now, but my first run on him, I um, was at Crow, and I went to send him in the pen. And he turned around and ran off with me up the hill away from the, <laughs> the pen. And- <laughs> so, you were like, oh my gosh, my first horse oh, it was like- blown up. Immediately- Finally, my first barrel horse is blown up. Yes, because Kenny and Crystal had talked to me about horses that are blown up, and um, one of their horses was actually blown off smoke, and like, I had seen how what that was, did. and I was like, oh my gosh, I just spent $5,000, which was a lot of money to me at the time, um, for sure. on a blown up barrel horse, and um, I was like crying, literally crying, like shaking, I went off of this horse, <laughs> and... um. James Eastridge came on one side of me and Kenny came on the other and I was saying I'm not going in I'm not going in and they were like yes you are and had they not have done that I probably would have never been aware there's so many things like so many (laughs) things in my story that if it just would have been different I don't know that I would be one person had been different or one situation had been different so anyways they led me down the alley and turned me loose um, and Doc started running and did his job one, two, three. But it's funny because if you talk to James now, he still says to this day, um, he didn't know he was a lefty. And so he thought he was running off with me again. (laughs) He was like, oh no, (laughs) I made her do this and now now she's going to kill me. Yeah. And so the rest is history after that. Doc never did not do his job. Kenny actually led me in the pen every time because I was still very nervous and that. Still to this day is like I if a horse is flighty and is gonna run off with me, that makes me more nervous than a horse that's gonna buck with me ten times. Really? Yeah.
0: It's funny how certain things stick with you.
1: Yeah. And so I never tried, which I wish I would have now, because I know that I could have gotten him in, but um there's a lot of that goes into that and he was kind of the building block of me to find out about alley issues and it was so strange because that horse never tried to not go in as soon as kenny would grab a hold of his he did doc was funny he never liked to be grabbed like by his nose of anything or by his bit so he would always grab like the reins Mm -hmm. but as soon as he would grab the reins he that horse would take off running down the alley. Like he was so willing, but it was like that just, okay, Doc, you have to go. And I'm sure you were a little nervous and he felt that and at oh, the time sure. you
0: didn't know how to you didn't know how to handle that. Yeah, and that's I didn't like even a really
1: you cued horses for and that gave them anxiety. Like I knew none of
0: that. Right. So. Yeah. So it's funny like it is funny what you learn looking back, like but it's also cool that there are horses out there and i think it's really important that you know especially when you're starting out or if you're buying your especially if you're buying your kid a horse like you know that you find that horse like the horse that's going to build the confidence and that's going to go in there and do its job every single time yeah you know that's very very important and i mean you know you're a perfect testament to that you know and like i said i think because you had such good mentors and they didn't you know they guided you away from the horses that they knew weren't the right ones. Yeah. And so I I think that's cool. So how long did you run Doc?
1: Um, on and off for two and a half years. So did he... He had several bouts of lameness and illness. Um, he got sick the first year that I had him. Um... Well, back up. He would never take his right lead at all. Like, either of his... The front or the hind. And... Crystal, being the person that she is, knew a lot about lameness. And so she was like, I think we need to take him to a vet and get him looked at. And Christian had knew about it but she thought that the kids that were riding him had just gotten him into a bad habit Mm -hmm. because when she got on him she could get him to take it Mm -hmm. and um, I think that now knowing what we do now that was just he respected her and wanted to do what he could for her but um we took him to a vet and we found out that he had um major 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 arthritis in his fetlock um he had some remodeling um, of his sesamoid bones that were so crazy that they actually used him as a at a seminar to talk oh, about wow. whether his fetlock had formed like that in the womb or if that was like an old injury that had went into arthritis and oh wow I didn't and things know that. like that yeah, his fetlock was actually um, the last vet, and Dr. Wittage at Haggard is who mainly took care of him and she um explained it to me that if he were a person he would get a replacement of his oh, entire So bedlock. It was like really it, bad it was, then. It was really, really bad. Yeah. So we injected it um and that would keep him sound on it. He immediately, like two days later, started taking that lead. Um and so we were able to manage that for the most part. Um but that caused some um front and suspensory issues in that leg. Um, gotcha. So he, two times during his career with me, I think, we had to take like three or four months off because he had inflamed it. It wasn't like it was tearing it, but just where that sat over those. Irritating it. Yes. And so he sat a couple times for that, and then um, he got sick from a banamine injection that I gave him, and we were out for the rest of the year after that because um, it was – it was getting later into fall and it took him like two months to recover from that and so I just we just took off the rest of the year after that but um I wouldn't say that I got to run him for longer than three or four months at a time it was like we would run for three or four months take a break and then run for well and around here you know three or four months sounds
0: like a long time but you know which is this is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast is because you know we don't have jackpots down the road and we don't yeah. have barrel races every weekend so when you say that you ran him three or four months at a time that you probably mm-hmm. ran him you know what seven times or
1: something like in those yeah in that it wasn't very much at all and it wasn't we do take the winter off here but like it wasn't for very long periods of time either it was like for half a season or something like I never won awards I never ran for points like nothing because I didn't run long enough to do it we started then um Kenny and Crystal are fortunate enough they have an area in their barn that we can ride in and keep them in shape and um we started, like, February, March, we were going to barrel races. We showed at a lot of bigger shows, at the Noble Shows and things like that, and they would have, like, a show every two months. And then we would show at local shows, of course, and other shows, too. But we were starting in February or March. So, like, by midsummer, sometimes I was done running for the year.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. that's That doesn't help when you're learning. You know, consistency is key.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's tough. So... I probably should have asked you this earlier, but I just now thought about it. So you started, what age were you when you actually got doc-ish? Or how long ago was it from now? So when did you, so even from now, was it five years ago, 10 years ago? Was it, how long ago was it that you got doc? So we have some sort of timeline.
1: Um, I want to say nine years ago.
0: Okay, so you really started, so you started, like, really barrel racing about nine years ago. Yeah. And that was on him. Yeah. Okay, that just gives us, and you, you showed him on and off for two years.
1: Yep, yeah, about, yeah, somewhere around that. And then what was
0: the thing that actually, that finally you just decided, was it those things that got worse, and you just decided to retire him, and how old was he?
1: Yeah, um... I got him when he was 18, so I got him later into his career. He had been taken care of, and other than that, the horse was in perfect shape. He would need hocks and stifles done once a year. He was the easiest keeper. No allergies, not a bleeder. Like all of the things I deal with now, that horse never had. Like if he wouldn't of have course. had that one thing, even if. He'd still be running for a while. Oh, all of he light. would still, yes. Um, up until he crippled himself in the field, too two year or a year and a half ago, he would have still been running. Um, so it was that. Honestly, we got to the point where I took him down um, to Haggard and injections weren't lasting as long. Um, he was still doing his job the same. Actually, our last run that we ever ran was his fastest run. Um, but I took him to Haggard and, of course, Kenny and Crystal. He was my horse. They left the decision 100% up to me. But um, Dr. Whittage had left at the time, and so I seen Dr. Barrett, and I remember her looking at me, and she said, I can inject him. There was, I can't even remember at the time what it was, but there was something new that she was going to inject him with. Um, it might have been, is it Prostrad? It might have been that at the time. But she was like, I can make him feel better, um, and you might have to do this every four or six months. She was like, I can make him feel great. She said, but it might make him feel so good that he completely blows out that fetlock. And, like, right now with the steroids, it makes him feel better, but he still knows he has to take care of it. This, she was sure, was going to make him feel so good that he, she told me in six months from now or a year, he could be perfectly fine or he might not even be pasture sound. Right. And I wasn't okay with that. I wasn't going to be selfish. He... Had done his job for me, and even though I didn't have another horse lined up, um, and I really didn't have the financial means at the time to get another horse, I just made the decision that that's what was best for him, and um, that was in the spring. I want to say in like April, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so then you did, so you didn't have anything else to ride no. that year. Well, I did actually, um, for a short time frame. <laughs> uh you guys are gonna listen to this and like it's got to be made up the amount of things that have happened to the horses that I've had but. <laughs> they're not I promise <laughs> I've been here for some of them I promise they're not made up um uh, I Crystal um basically let me buy her a horse she had VL Daniel be Tough and that was a month later Um okay, so you so the year that I didn't realize that. So the year that she like was not about to let me sit on the sidelines and so she told me that I could buy tough from her and she actually let me make payments and um he was a blessing. I unfortunately only got around him for two months and he um tore his um back proximal, which is the highest dispensary tear you can have. And um, that ended his career. So so two horses in the same
0: summer that you...
1: Had to retire. Oh, yeah. my
0: gosh. So I want to go back to Doc just because... I mean, this is a podcast about us, but I I, I just think it's a good opportunity to make a point. Yeah. And um, you said that Doc would... He still went in and he still did his job. The only thing he was doing was he wasn't taking the right lead. Right. But crystal being around it knew that there was something going on yeah and so i think that's something that you know you people can take away from that is just because your horse is doing its job doesn't it that horse might just be super gritty or it might be have a huge heart but you know if if you think there's something wrong like it's always worth a trip to the vet because at some point had you not taken care of that he would have quit working 100%.
1: one hundred percent.
0: And the, and he was he was working and he was going in and he was doing his job every single time he wasn't refusing the alleyway, but the key was he wasn't picking up the right lead, and you caught that early before the bad
1: habits started. Yes, and I know that, and I think that it's important. Like we have to be advocates for our horses. I think there are some horses that have such a big heart that will never pick up those bad habits. That you have to listen. I to I agree. The small They're few and far like that. between. They but are. I- I think that's they are few and far between, and I, but it doesn't mean that they're in any less pain than a horse that is rearing and completely refusing the alley. Exactly. Yes. And so I think you know I'm I'm really happy that I made that decision at the time I did because he got to go with his dignity. Exactly. I would much have rather did that than maybe he would have been a horse that would have gotten really hot or had alley issues or started ducking or blown up completely.
0: Well, I think it's a testament to you. Because just because Crystal told you that's, you know, that... Or I guess the vet, you know, the vet told you that. And then I'm sure that, you know, Crystal was also given, you know, advice. Because, I, I mean, I know I would. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to you because you chose... You could have... He was your horse. You could have kept running him if you wanted well, to. Well, and
1: that's... Kenny and Crystal, I remember that vet visit like it was yesterday because it was so heartbreaking. But um they... Like, they actually didn't say anything to me while I was at the vet. Mm -hmm. And so, because I think, like, they didn't, that was, they knew how hard of a decision that was. Mm -hmm. And so they, I think that they didn't want to be an influence on it and then me regret it later. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Crystal would make comments like, oh, like, bless his heart, or that's really hard, or man, that looks bad. But at no point were they ever, like, or, and I'm sure if I would have asked them, they probably would have gave me their opinion. Oh, yeah. But at no point were they, like, You really need to make a tough decision or, you know, not even hinting towards that. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, getting in the truck and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I made the right decision. And immediately I got confirmation. They were, you know, they were like, yes, like we are so proud that you made that decision because there are a lot of people that wouldn't even understand enough to like know that that was the right decision. Right. You know, so, yeah. and I knew a little bit then. I mean, I was working for a vet at the time and was seeing equine lameness here and there and things like that. And um, my parents have always called me a sponge. Like, I obsess over anything that I'm doing and, like, I will look into studies and articles. And so I was self-educating at the time, too. Um, right. As much as I could. But, yeah, Kenny and Crystal's influence was definitely definitely a big part of that and i'm i'm fortunate of that because that's what i still pride myself in today is making sure that my horses are comfortable and are able to do their job to the best of their ability
0: right so So we'll just touch on tough a little bit because i know that tough was a special horse to you so i don't want to just like blow over him because i i feel like he i think you know you Doc was the horse. I want to say Doc was, and I don't want to put words into your mouth so you can butt in, but I feel like he taught you a lot. He gave you your confidence. He laid the foundation. But he was, a, you know, what, a 4D horse, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He and was so very...
0: Tough was, I feel like, maybe the horse that let you see that you could be more than a 4D rider because he yeah. was more than a 4D horse. Yeah. And so even in those that two-month stretch so, I don't want to just blow across him like, you know, I feel like he was a a really important part of your journey.
1: Yeah. He is one of the two horses in my journey that gave me confidence in so many ways. Um, he, when Crystal bought him, she knew he, um, well, she ended up finding out shortly into buying him that he had an avicular. And which is not a death sentence, people. I know it, everybody it thinks not. that it is. If but you it have is a not. 1D horse that you want to throw away because they have navicular, we'll come take place them in
0: my barn. <laughs> I promise. We'll both take them. <laughs> we'll even pay a little bit for him. I'm not kidding because we navicular is is it's not fun. I'm not saying that it's fun, but
1: it's it's not a death sentence. It's not. And he had it. Um, pretty extreme he had a huge bone cyst on his nav- navicular bursa as well and so that made his navicular syndrome really bad and um it was managed with injections but not until crystal got him from all that she was told right and so he when i got him i knew that he had that i had to inject his navicular bursa and um his hawks mm-hmm. and he was just he was a really special horse. Um I was still very beginner because I'm gonna tell you guys I'm a beginner for ten years. <laughs> you sound like Whitney McLaughlin. Are you a rookie? Are you a fifteen year rookie like Whitney? Yes. Every story is gonna be like I was a beginner, so <laughs> um Okay, Whitney. But with Tough, um I I was still very very new into barrel racing and so he took care of me um he did get to a point and i didn't know at the time but it was lameness related he started refusing the alley Mm -hmm. and it would scare me because as my previous story with doc like the only experience i had with that was the horse ran off with me completely right um so he it, it made me really nervous but i I really gained a lot of confidence in making him do it and, um, in myself. And so he got to the point where he refused the alley and then we worked through that. And at the time I didn't know enough to know that it was lameness. Right. And so we did work through that and, um, got him, got him going down the alley. And then he started ducking the second barrel with me and I thought, at first, um, we were at a show at Dakin, and I thought at first something he'd seen something. Mm-hmm. And so we ran somewhere else, and he did it again. And then um, we ended up going down to um, Yadkinville, and Timmy got on him. And Timmy took him a little bit slower than what I did because Timmy was actually even probably more inexperienced than me at the time and um took him slower through the pattern and he got him around and then after that for whatever reason he never did it again and i think that it's probably just because tough had a really big heart because anybody that was around tough he was an anxious nervous force especially on the ground but he had a really big heart and i will forever remember our last round at winfield um we this all happened within a two month span so very quickly but we went down there and he ran like a sixteen six or sixteen eight for me, which it was on the it was on the smaller pattern. Right. But it was like a two D time at that show and there right. was over a hundred horses and so I went from the four D sometimes in the middle of the three D, you know, at a smaller yes. show, um, on dock to the two D. And I don't remember I think we were like mid pack of the two D mm-hmm. and so he showed me that I could, like you said, be more than a four D rider. Um, and then also like if a horse told me no, I could say yes right exactly and so that's what he taught me and that was a big lesson that I learned from him and so yeah he was very special to me and um coming out of that run he came out of the pen and wasn't using his hind leg and um we ended up taking him down we thought he had broke a leg but that's when he had suffered his suspensory tear and so I retired him after that and um had to end up putting him down I kept him for about a year and a half after that I Maybe two years I had to end up putting him down because he um, went into kidney failure. And we can only guess, but we imagine probably from, we imagine that he was buted a lot. um, Because of his navicular, maybe. Because of that, previous to Crystal, because he had never had injections or anything like that. And you you could tell the horse was sore. Right. I mean, he would lay down in his stall all the time and things like that. So we imagine that that was it because a horse his age with no other health conditions like for him to go into acute kidney failure and then chronic was weird yeah um so probably that and the steroids that he had to have too I mean that plays a role in it not as big of a role because it's not directly going in the bloodstream but it certainly does and so we eventually had to put him down but he was a special special horse so who so you
0: you had him that summer, so did you not run the rest of the summer? I didn't run the rest of the year, no. So you sat out that whole summer and were you were you kind of just like, "Oh my gosh, I hate this sport because it's taken two of, you know, my favorite horses of all time like within such a short amount of time or Was it, were you actively looking for a horse or what was your next step after that? Because I cannot imagine losing two
1: horses that, that close together. Well, after paying for tough again, I really didn't. Timmy was a police officer at the time and I worked at a local vet, um, but not making a ton of money. And so again, we didn't have money for me, another horse. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went through a couple horses, um, that were borrowed or whatever and they weren't really, they were like started in the barrels but once again I found out that they weren't far enough along for me. Right. Um, so, yeah. That was out, that summer? That was that year, like summer and then into Because fall, what month did Tuff, What month did Tuff get hurt? It was either the end of May. I was think it at the was Barrel Fraternity? It wasn't at the Barrel Fraternity. Okay. It was at Laura's show and I believe that was in May. Okay. It okay. was like at the Elite. Yeah whatever yeah show that was. But so yeah, that was in May. Um so that was throughout the summer and fall. Um and and then Timmy I still went. We still went because Timmy had Glory. He was running Glory at the time. Okay. We had bought her for him that winter. The winter before that. So
0: that was so his first year of had... running her. Okay, gotcha.
1: Um and so I really didn't run. So that, was that
0: the summer that you learned how to be such a good team player and a good groom and a good... Oh yeah, that's,
1: that's... (laughs) Was that where you learned that? that was the beginning of my pit crew career. Okay, yeah,
0: so you're the, so you're, you're starting your, your pit crew era
1: here. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Just so we, just so we got that figured out. Yeah. Um, and I never didn't go to barrel races in between all of those in between docks breaks and tough and all of that. I was still going to barrel races and being pit crew, but I really, we got our own truck and trailer and started hauling separate from Kenny and Crystal when Timmy got his horse because they had a three horse. And so there wasn't enough room for all of us. And I would still go like if we went to big shows and Timmy was working and couldn't go, like I would still haul with them, but we really started hauling on our own, um, once we bought Glory for him. And she was his first barrel horse. And so she he ran her that year. And I just went to shows. And I mean I like went to one or two with the horses that I was trying to figure out. But learned quickly that it wasn't going to work out. And one of them actually found out was foundered on top of that. And so. Oh my. Yeah. so gotcha. um Glory would have been the next horse that I rode. And that wasn't until the next July. Oh, so did so Timmy rode her
0: that year and then did he start with her in the spring or he started
1: with her in the spring, yep. And, and then did he get
0: another horse? Is that why you stepped on Glory?
1: Yes. He got a horse um named Pepper. Okay. Um he got her that spring and Glory, I'm gonna be honest with you, she was really high strung and a little bit crazy when we first got her. Not in the barrels, but like to ride at home, like she was so high strung and I had no zero interest in ever riding her. Right, like zero, and um, he got a horse named Pepper, and so he was running both of them, and then we figured out, okay, like we thought maybe Pepper might eventually be for me, mm-hmm. and we figured out she wasn't. I didn't like her. Um, she was a good horse, but she was just more timid. Didn't style. she rare or something too? She, she was a hot horse when we bought her, the girl that had her, she was wearing straight up with her and refusing the alley and things like that. But um that's really what got us started first into our alley issue um era. So she was never really hot with us, but we knew that she had the potential to be, but at the time I had I knew a lot more about lameness and maintenance and things like that. And so we treated her for ulcers as soon as we got her, um just kind of ruling out all the reasons why she could be that way. Um, got her injected a lameness exam done on her she just needed some maintenance in her hocks, and um, I had listened to some Fallon Taylor videos about hot horses and alley issues and things like that and so I coached Timmy like act like you're going on a trail ride that's when I really started learning about the cues that you give your horses when you're going in and um, that can make them anxious and things like that and so he would always just bring her from like the back forty and when she decided she was going to go, he let her go. He didn't try to like woe her up and then go again and mm-hmm. so she was never really hot with us, but I knew that she had the potential to be and a rearing horse is also not for me. Right. So and I didn't I just didn't love her like running style either. She was real strong and um so we learned quickly that she wasn't going to for me and he was like just get on glory and I was like I don't want to run glory like she is not the type of horse like I don't want to run glory and he, anyways he eventually ended up talking me into it and our first show at the good evening ranch we went in and ran like a 17-0 and so that was probably about the times that I was running with Doc at the time
0: oh, or time.
1: well previously yeah and so I was like, oh, well, maybe I like glory. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also it also
0: helps a little when you don't have anything else. Not not to take anything yeah. from glory, oh, but like, no, you know, yeah. she's like it was better, better. So I was like, yeah. oh,
1: maybe I can make this work. <laughs> yeah. So I started running her from July on and um, took her to big shows. Timmy wasn't able because of his job. He, he at the time he was working like 2 weeks away and then a week home. So right. when he was home, he would go, but when he didn't um, we went to big shows, and I ran her for the next, well, until October. Um, that year? Mm-hmm. When she started coming out of her run, I could see that she was slightly off when we were walking. I always get off my horses and walk them back just as a relief. Um, and when we would walk back when I was standing beside her, walking beside her, I could see that she was slightly off. But nobody else could see it. And I would ask Crystal, and I would ask Timmy, and Kimmy, and just anybody, Um, and nobody really could see it. And Crystal would say, "Uh, oh, maybe there might be something there. Mm-hmm. Um, But she never really quit doing her job or anything like that, and I um had my vet come out and look at her, and she didn't think that she was off, Um, and then we took her on the concrete, and she seen it, and she was, like, head-bobbing lame on concrete. Right. It was just that... The difference of the concussion that really showed it and so she was like well that makes sense like when she goes in and turns really hard like that brings it out and um we ended up going to OSU for an MRI she had scar tissue on her heels she had been rodeoed for three years before that and so they thought that that was possibly why she would wasn't navicular or anything like that but they thought shoeing and injections could take care of that Mm -hmm. and so we switched her shoes did different injections tried all of the things even took her for a second opinion to tech and um we ran her a little bit the following year like on and off but her injections would never last and so we ended up having to retire her because of that
0: so you got to ride
1: that horse the the
0: next year for three months yeah about yeah and then you rode her just if, if he,
1: on and off the next year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, um... So Honestly, like, uh, I'm talking three or four barrel races the next year. Right. And then she just got to where the maintenance wouldn't do
0: it anymore, so then you ended up having to retire her as well. Yep. So, what... So, did you get to run any the next year, or did you guys... Did you mm-hmm. get another
1: horse, or... Yep, that's when I bought um, Reesey PC. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. I got her in the end of May. Okay. So, um, I took her to two shows. And then she got neurologic, extremely sick. I had to take her to Root & Riddle. She was hospitalized. Um, she was choking, couldn't swallow, all of these things. And in true... Withrow fashion, you can go to any hospital you want, pay any amount of money you want, and they will still look at you and tell you we don't really know what's wrong. <laughs> we did a spinal tap and everything on her; she was negative for e p m negative for Lyme disease, all of these things. um they tested her for so many things vitamin E deficiency i mean you name it, they tested her, and she was negative for it all, but I brought her back home, and she was doing better, and then she would choke again and not be able to swallow and um we would treat her with antibiotics and basically it got to the point where um katie my vet was like holly you know her quality of life isn't great um if she gets pneumonia one more time like you need to consider putting her down and um we just decided to throw a Hail Mary at her when in doubt, use steroids. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we I love love, steroids. love, 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 steroids. Yes. Uh, no, I think there's a time and place for them, but honestly, it was to the point where I was going to have to put her down, and so she just, like, came up with this, what she explained to me is, like, a massive dose of steroids, mm-hmm. just to see if it would work, and it did. She wasn't neurologic. Um, any more after that and never had relapses still don't know to this day like what caused it Um, but yeah she was my next horse and I got her runner at two shows and that summer yeah and with neurologic courses you never really know um if they can make a comeback and I think it depends on what causes it and we didn't know what caused it or how to treat it or how to prevent it and so I decided to breed her the following year and I bred her um and got a baby out of her and I had, I guess that's when I ran collars. That's how I got callers. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I got collars from Ashley. Um, she just let me take her and basically free lease her. Because we we were <laughs> friends, but we
0: weren't friends like we are now. Um, but I had, I had seen one that, one, I knew because you rode with Crystal that you knew how to take care of a horse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because... I mean, you know, you just know Crystal has standards whenever it comes to horse care. And I knew you'd learned a lot from her. Yeah. And um, so I knew the luck that you had had too. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like what in the world? Yeah. And so I had this horse that, you know, uh, I wasn't showing a lot. And I knew you guys did show some in the winter and I didn't. And so I thought you could get along with her. And so, I don't remember if... I guess I offered her to you, because I know you didn't ask me. I don't yeah, remember the situation. Yeah, you did. It was, but...
1: like, it was just kind of really out of nowhere. Um, At the time, we had sold Pepper, and Timmy had just bought... We had bought Reese in the end of May, and then in July, we bought Hank for right. Timmy. Okay. And we sold Pepper, and so Timmy was running Hank at the time, and I didn't have anything, and um, I guess... Really, Hank was the only barrel horse standing in our barn. I guess even you know, I mean, because we had retired or partially retired Reese, and so you just like messaged me one day, and it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, we didn't really talk about it beforehand or anything, but she um offered her to me and was like, "Hey, I know that you need a horse to ride, and I've got several right now, and I really don't need her." And so she offered her to me, and at the time we were boarding at the ranch, the Good Evening Ranch, and. Um, So we took her over there. We had a farm, too, but I took her to the ranch because I knew that Collars was a really nice horse. I would watched Ashley make many runs on her, and I knew she was a really nice horse. I knew that I didn't have the riding ability that she needed at the time, and um, I knew that we had to work on things. Like, I really, if I was going to ride her, I had to rise to the occasion. Ashley is not a person that you just want to go around like barrels on their horse and do whatever, be satisfied with it. You want to do well. <laughs> Not that she put that pressure on me, but I put that pressure on myself, knowing like how good she was. And so we boarded her at the ranch, and I got to run her. I want to say that was after it was after the state show, so I want to mm-hmm. say it was like mid September. Yeah, fall. Um, and so I took her. I ran her at a ranch show. I ran her at Raffine. And then I ran her at the Noble big show in November. Mm -hmm. And then one day I got her in from the field and was lunging her around. And we were just literally lunging in the indoor. And all of a sudden I heard a pop. And she literally started running on three legs. And I know that's not even possible for a horse, but I'm telling you, like she was hopping on three legs. And Mm -hmm. I called Ashley and I was like, I think Collars just broke her leg. And And I um, said, throw out, turn her out. (laughs) If she's still laying in a couple weeks, we'll deal with it. And I didn't do that. <laughs> this is why our friendship works great.
0: Because because I keep her calm. Like, our, I, I'm like the more like, eh, it'll, it'll be, be okay. Fine. And Holly's like the more like, she's like, we no. We should probably do something. We have to take care of this. And so we like balance each other out. Yeah. So it works.
1: We found that it works well. Yeah. <laughs> So I called Katie, my vet, and she came out and um, also thought that you were also thought it wasn't. Yeah, because by the time that she got there, she actually came out the next day. She told me that night, wrap her leg, put her in the stall. I'll be out tomorrow because she was standing on it. After that, like she was really, really lame. But then she walked to her stall and i mean i could tell she was a little bit off but like she wasn't broken leg lane mm-hmm. and so she came out the next day and when she got there callers was walking sound and she was like holly this horse's leg is not broke right and i was like well something really crazy happened i'm like did she like catch in her stifle i had never seen that before and right. so we were just trying to go through like all of the scenarios of what it could be And so she x-rayed it, um, and she had an avulsion fracture in her left hind, which is basically where they chip a piece of their bone off and they pull, um, their ligaments with it. And, um, so... A big deal. Yeah. Big, big deal. Possibly career ending, um, which in her case it was. I potentially could have tried to bring her back, um... But I chose to breed her instead and just had, I had honestly had so many ups and downs that I think that I was just to the point where I accepted it for what it was and just really didn't want to continue to try to glue back things that.
0: And in this amount of time, they did buy her from, they did end up buying her from me because I think that might be a little bit confusing. Yeah. Like, so that happened like in the winter and yeah then that you happened guys in December I think basically offered you guys were just like we'll keep her for the winter or whatever yeah. and and then in the spring by that
1: time yeah so by that time it was a plan for me to buy her um I think we had decided that pretty shortly into me have having her but again finances played a role into it and Ashley told me that I could buy her in the spring or pay for her in the spring um so that was still we stuck with that plan because I felt like you know that's what we had to do and that's what was right and so we ended up buying her the next spring and breeding her and I didn't run anything Reese. yeah so, I they bred were, them at the so that was time. the same year because yeah. you didn't have Reese the summer before and
0: um because of all the stuff that had happened you just decided to breed her and then when that happened to colors then you bred them together so it was that was the same
1: yeah year yeah and so I just got to be a pit crew for that year I bred both of my mares um and we one I live covered and one I AI'd and we got them both caught in the first time I was just really lucky with that and my vet still says to this day that I just need to breed horses that that's my calling <laughs> um because that's the only thing that's went well for me <laughs> in the horse world <laughs> So, um, I just bred them and was just Timmy's pit crew. He ran Hank that year, um, and then the following year, the you following year I didn't run either, um, uh, until Reese weaned her baby, which was in, oh gosh, when did she, well, I guess my first show was the MBHA state show. So, September? September, so, Yeah. So, I was just pit crew that whole year, too. um, And that was two years ago? Yeah, because they're two. The babies are two. Yeah. Yep. So, that brings us up to two years ago. Her baby was weaned in our first show back. Um, She wasn't neurologic. She was sound. Um, <laughs> Reese's journey is a long one. But we actually had found out that she had an old chip in her Fetlock, her left-hand Fetlock, too. Um, and so we were able to treat that with injections and she was sound and we had a pretty good run for the rest of the year. Um we went to the BHA State show, um we went to Nationals, we had a really good time at Nationals, a couple other shows and then West Virginia weather, we went into winter. Yeah. And then that brought us up until last year. Um she was lame. I think. No, she had Lyme. She mm-hmm. had Lyme disease in the spring. And so, I didn't run her last year until July. And um, we started running and had pretty good time, too. I was still, like, I, I still never, t- like, I'm not to my full ab- capability of riding. And so, I was still just gaining confidence. And I would get a run a little bit, and then I wouldn't. And then I would get a run a little bit, and then I wouldn't. But... She was so easy and so fun to run. Like I never got nervous on her. Um But she, she was tough in the alleyway. That was her that's her biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. So when I bought Reese again, um She was blown up. She was blown up or what some people had said. She wouldn't Playing go in the sour. pen. Um they would eventually get her in. I don't think I don't think that they were ever timed out, but maybe once. Um, but once you got her in, like she would run. And so she wasn't blown up in the pattern, but you couldn't get her in. in. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I knew that when I bought her too, the, the way that I was able to get some of the nice horse, because they were nice horses, they never lasted, but I was able to get really nice horses because I knew them. I knew their issues and I knew that with my background that I am my vet that I could glue them back together. Right. And so I knew that buying Reese and, um, we treated ulcers. We got her injected. Um, Reese is very, very fragile minded. And, um, so that played a big part into it, but also like, even though I knew she was feeling good was 100%, it was still in her head. And, um, so I, it was a strategy every time of how I needed to get her in. Like I had to make sure that I was not cuing her, that I was being calm, that, if she said no, that I, like, just gently, yes, like, I and she wasn't a horse that you could be like, um, yes, I said you're going in. Because if she you did that, she would fight and all day them. long. Like, you were not going to win that battle. Yeah. So, you had to let her think it was her idea and that just kind of walk her through that. But we got to the point, I mean strategically but you could get but she would just pretty much go in yes like I got her to the point where she would go in for me
0: yeah I'm gonna say that
1: I don't know if someone else could have hopped on her and she would have went right in for them um but I learned her enough and knew enough that um she yeah we eventually like last year I meant one time maybe we had a like okay we were never timed out or anything like that but like I was like okay you know she's not going right in right but um we ran for the rest of last year. And, um, and then this summer or, well, I guess we tried to start running this spring and I haven't had any horses in between. Um, this spring I tried to bring her back and she was lame on her front end and couldn't really figure out why. X-rayed her, thought it was a stone bruise, thought it might be an abscess, just different things. And, um, we ended up injecting her just in case because vets will tell you like they can have inflammation in their joints sometimes and and not show an x-ray and so before you jump right to an MRI you'll usually try injections so we injected her and she got better so we thought um I ran her at crow did I run anywhere else before we went to Jackson I feel like you ran her did you run her twice at the ranch, maybe. Yeah, I feel like you ran her. I went to a couple times. shows, I like three so. or four weekends probably. Yeah, I think so. And we were at the July, the Fourth of July show um, this year at Jackson. Yep. And um, I went in and I ran her and all like those three weekends. I'll back up to the end of last year. We were running in like the bottom or the two D, like usually six or seven tenths off, mm-hmm. and. Um, so we were like gaining speed and getting confident. And then I brought her back this year and she wasn't in as great of shape as she has in the past, but like not to where she should have been running as slow as what she was. And she was like running in the 4D, like Mm -hmm. sometimes even not the top of the 4D. And we just chalked it up to, well, she wasn't in as good of shape. And then that weekend she came out and she was like slightly off after her second run. And, um. I looked at Ashley and I was like, she's, she's lame again. And we just, um, there wasn't much conversation to it. I just knew at that point that she was done. I wasn't going to do an MRI or inject her again or try different things. Well, or some people could denerve 18, her. Like she's right? 18 years old and she's given, you know, like. I she's just feel given like her whole life. That mayor has
0: done things for people her whole life. You know, she was a top of the 1D, ran a 16, 6 or I think it was a sixteen six on the big pattern at Winfield with yeah. Hannah Kelly. She was the real deal. Um, I mean, don't come at me, but I, it was somewhere. Hannah could tell you it was somewhere down there on the big pattern. Um, she was she was such a nice mare. I mean, we you know Sarah. She was I had bought her off Sean and Scott, and and as a four year old. And then Glenn started her for me, and, you know, and then I rode her for two years, and then I sold her to Sarah Helmick, and um, Sarah finished her out, and, you know, she was fantastic for us, and then we sold her to them, and she was fantastic for them, and, you know, the one thing I'll say about Holly is that she appreciates, she she does this with the horse's well-being in mind better than anybody that I know, and she knew the horse's past and she knew how nice the horse was and she just knew that she didn't deserve that no horse did but you know she definitely didn't deserve to just keep going and going and going whenever she had basically holly is the best at patching horses back together but not but comfortably like it's not like oh and, and not masking it it's not like we're going to beat the crap out of you and baname the crap out of you it is you know we're going to do it correctly and we're going to do it with the help of, you know, the performance bed or, you know, whatever I have to do. And if, if we can't do it correctly, we're not going to do it. And that was the, that I feel like is where you were at. It was, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Giving the horse, keeping the horse
1: comfortable. Yeah. And a lot went into that decision. Would I have done that with any horse? Absolutely. If they would have been in Reese's situation, but What made it without, a like, not even a doubt, not even a, maybe I could have done a little bit more and ran her for a little bit longer, was that it was Reese. And she is fragile-minded. And my biggest win with that horse was that we conquered the alley issues. That I took a, quote-unquote, blown-up barrel horse and fixed that. Right. And she trusted me enough to to know when her limit was. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like she was to that point. And that decision didn't come easy for me. I had to give up on a lot of goals with that decision. Um, I felt like, you know, I wanted to get Reese back to her formal, former glory for her and I to prove to myself that I could ride a horse of that caliber, you know, have it rode or sat on a horse that fast since tough, which was many years before that. And also to let people know how nice she was because there's a A group of people that when Hannah was running her that knew Reese, but there was a lot of people that didn't. Right. And I just felt like she deserved that. And so we did get into like the mid or bottom of the 2D, but I knew that she could do more than that. And we were getting there and the year before. And, um, so I had to give up on some goals to do that, but. But you only wanted that year. You weren't trying to run this horse for years and years. like. Yeah. you
0: were you were to the point like this is our year like we either do it or we don't yes. do it because I'm you're you're I had already decided to breed her next year yeah. regardless of whether yeah. you ran her the whole year or you didn't yep your goal had, had always been this this year right now that we are in currently yeah was the last year that she was gonna run and yep. so that made it harder because you were halfway through that year that you needed
1: that you wanted well in national finals um It was supposed to be our last show. I was sitting at like number one or number two on her as a top dog. And um, we were going pretty good in the open too, but that was in the adult. And I really, our goal was to take Reese and Hank because they are like the two best barrel horses that fit us like a glove that we've ever sat on. And our goal was to take them both to nationals this year and then to definitely retire Reese. Um, And so I had to give up on that too. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I needed her. But I didn't need her enough to not let her go out with her dignity. And that's eventually what would have happened.
0: Right. It wouldn't have been at, at some point, potentially, it could have not been. You wouldn't have had a choice. Right. Because Reese has been. showed
1: us in the past, like, she's going to tell you no.
0: Right. So. Yeah. And so now that brings us up current to the horse that you are running now. Yeah. Um, so, JRF Firewater Bernice. Which uh-huh. I do wanna say at Jackson when this happened. I said, I know this sucks. I know this sucks, but I said you're ready for this because you were like, I just want this I just want this year on Reese. I just want this one year on Reese. And I said, You're you're ready to step up right now. I know you don't feel like you are, but I promise
1: you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And, and you were right, but I didn't think that you were right. At the time, I was like, I just want to throw my sucker in the dirt. I don't want to hear that I have another horse. I just want to be sad. Um, I didn't tell her that. But that's what I was thinking. Um, but, you know, she, yeah, she was right. So we got um, Bernice last fall and um, from Sarah. Sarah, I told her she has to pick my horses. and You guys probably heard that in my last interview, but she she knows how to pick them or something or (laughs) Ashley does or the two of them are like the dream team of that but they have really nice horses if you ever get the opportunity to own one you better snatch them up and and I'm glad for the ones who didn't um so I could get her but we we got her last fall and the plan was for Timmy to add speed to her and for him to do that for this year or at least until like me getting to run Reese for three or Yeah, probably about three months I would have been happy with. But I wanted to gain my confidence. And Bernice um, was super nice, super automatic in her turns. But she didn't really have the speed. She had never been asked that much. Um, Ashley had taken her a handful of shows each year that she had her for two years. Mm -hmm. And she just let her, like, confidently go in there and do what Ashley does.
0: Yeah, and Ashley,
1: Ashley lets them, like, gain their speed on their own. And I think they don't have a lot of setbacks that way. Um, and so that's a good thing, but with Bernice, like she, where she only went a handful of times, every time was slow, mm-hmm. pretty much until mm-hmm. the last, like, right before you guys took her, yeah. right before that
0: happened, um, I had, oh, I have a three-year-old that's currently almost behind <laughs> at this point, <laughs> um, but I had him that I knew I needed to get started, and then I have, um, had just gotten Timber back, and I had Chesney, and then I also have Happy, and I had so many horses, and I have a three-horse trailer, and, um, it's just me, and so I was like, I don't have time to ride her. And Sarah, you know, she wasn't getting to ride very much, and so it was uh, she was just being wasted. And I knew that, you know, yeah, I, I do take them slow, but I knew that we were past the point of that with her, and she needed to go on. And so I had just said, you know, hey, why don't why don't you guys take her and try her and run her for a little while and and see how that goes? Um, so that was that was kind of how that started,
1: um, and then you know it went well. So here we are. Yeah. And so Timmy added some speed. I mean, he's ran, you know, up there with some of the 1D horses at, at shows at Sarah's and um, the fairgrounds. And he's ran in the 1D with her some, but I think mainly around in the top top of the 2D, I would say. And then he would have, you know, she's a typical horse that's gaining speed. Then he would have a 3D run yeah, on she's, her. Yeah, she's and like, still a little bit wishy-washy and she's Seven,
0: but she's more kind of, I want to say she's more like maybe a four-year-old. Yeah, I was going to say know. equal to
1: a four- or five-year-old yeah. probably in barrels, mm-hmm. realistically. Or, like, maybe a f- five-year-old around here. Right, um, you yeah. You know, like, we're not fraternity people that have horses, like, full-on running at three and four years old most of the time. Right. So, anyways, she, um, I didn't have a choice. And so I stepped on Bernice. And our first run at the ranch was a sixteen four and we knocked but it was the run I needed because I was terrified going in um new horses are never fun but especially for someone that doesn't have a lot of confidence running like me um I was like I can only imagine what I looks like to Ashley and I was telling her like I hate this so much I just want to get this over with And I came out and I was like screaming because that's my fastest time that I've ever had at the ranch. I ran like a 16.4 or 5. I can't remember which on Reese, the first round I ever ran her. And then I never got back to that speed at the ranch. The ranch has never been the pin for our horses. We've just never done the best there. And so it was really, really exciting. And I was happy and I was like, oh, okay, you're right. I was ready. I love her so much. (laughs) That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much how it went and, you know
0: she's like I said she's she's still a little bit you know she'll run in the three d here and the but I mean she's got it and and she's just gonna continue to get better, so that's
1: exciting, yeah, and I'm super excited because Ashley actually pointed this out to me at first, but it's something that I just keep hanging on is she's seven, she's a mayor, she is literally I was telling Sarah the other night when I was texting her. She is my dream horse, and I just didn't know it when we first got her. I thought Bernice was a nice horse, and I wanted her, but she. I've always loved Firewater Flit horses. Anybody that knows me knows that. Um, especially back to before I really started getting into like the current bloodlines and breeding, um, Firewater Flit horses. I've just always really liked and her. Dam side is Firewater Flit, and then she's out of Justin's Rare Fuel. And I actually, when I first bred Reese, wanted to breed to him. I've always liked him. Um, Everybody around here that has a JRF knows how awesome they are. And um, so she's like dream breeding for me and then quiet. She's, you know, I can throw my nieces and nephews on her and not bad at night. I don't have to worry about her doing anything stupid or anything that you didn't ask her to do. And quiet horses are for me. Um, the the relief that I felt, even though it was fun for me to conquer that with Reese, to just have a horse I didn't even have to worry about going down the alley. I cannot tell you how much flat-footed. that means to me. Like to actually have to amp her up a little bit before her run mm-hmm. is totally different than what I'm used to. So she's a dream for me, and I'm just really excited. I don't have to glue horses back together now. I'm, I hope, I'm hope i hopeful never, for our future, and I've never yep. had that opportunity. Yeah, I, th- I think
0: that's a testament to to you being tough and being gritty because you've had the shittiest hand dealt. And I know there's other people that have too who are not here trying to play.
1: Like, yeah, I this isn't a competition. Yeah. That's
0: not what I mean by that. But I think after hearing that, you know, but but I think part of the reason is because, like you said, you've always had horses that you've had to glue together, and she's the first horse that you kind of get a clean slate with she's young you know she doesn't have any um kind of lameness issues or anything like that so
1: you know hopefully
0: hopefully she's (laughs) gonna you know turn the luck
1: around we're Um, all about speaking things into positive things into existence now me and Ashley are the worst at What if and talking about the negative things. So this year we've turned a new leaf and we're speaking it into existence. We're We're gonna have a long
0: career. I feel like we're very positive when bad things happen. So like I'm very good about like you know like turning something that's really bad into something that is positive. But I still, for somebody that does that, like I still speak negatively about things that haven't happened
1: yet. And so that's
0: what we're trying to do better.
1: And I think that that comes from. Both of our passive. of we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. Like we have dealt with so much, you know, what's next. Right. And so we are, but I think, you know, we would have to be experts at when something bad happens, <laughs> yeah. turning it into a positive. Because if you don't, like where, where, do you just quit? Right.
0: Yeah. You have to be, you have to really want to do this sport. And we are not the only people that have had it. It's It's everybody. This is a, it's a mental sport. I don't care what anybody says. It's, it's definitely a mental sport that you have to have a good circle around you or you're not going to stick with it. I mean, you're just not. And if you are not in a circle that makes you feel, you know, good and, and want to go, even if you don't have a horse, um, because you still, you know, yeah, it sucks. You're not running, but at least you, you know, you're still going to have a good time. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then you need to find another group. Like that's just, you know, all there is to it. But, um, well, I think we're going to start wrapping this up a little bit, but we just have a couple, I just have a couple other questions that I thought, um, people might like to know the answers to. Um, first off, who do you think, um, who's somebody that in our industry that you, that you look up to?
1: Can I answer with two um so Fallon Taylor I wanna answer with two because I feel like she is um like a lot of people's and so it's not an original answer um but I've watched her actually um Morgan and I are my high school best friend when we started riding horses together we were watching her back then she had short hair different voice like mm-hmm. um so I've watched her for a long time and I just really look up to her because of the mental aspect of it she has so much good advice um that plays into that and has taught me a lot of how to work through those things and then maggie blontick would be my other one um i just think that she is such a cool writer and um She's runs Puff, which is related to Fendi, my two year old, and um, I just love how she rides. I love her style. I love everything that she does, and so she's someone I look up to too.
0: Awesome, I agree. I I like both of them as well, um, and I think Maggie's cool because she, I don't I mean I don't know her whole story, but I, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not necessarily saying she came out of nowhere because I know she had. A nice horse before Puff, but you know she's just not somebody who um, is like Fallon or whatever. Like yeah. you know, she's somebody that um, I don't know. I look up to her a lot too. I agree with that hundred um, percent. Who are your your vet and
1: your farrier? I think people might be interested to know that. Joe Blake is my farrier. He's from Flat Top. He's been doing it for a long time. He would horses for Crystal, and so I was just kind of grandfathered in. Unfortunately, he doesn't take many new clients, so yes. I, was, I was fortunate with that. And then um, I have two different vets. The local vet um, I work with is Dr. Katie Bucks. She does a lot just out of the kindness of her heart for me, and I'm so, so thankful for her. Um, but anything extensive or major um, or second opinion, things like that, I go to Dr. Reiner's at Mountain View in um, Virginia. Are there any vices that a horse has that you will not put up with? Raring. I will not. Absolutely will not. I'm not working through that. Except for with Reese. Reese can bear up a little
0: bit and she's fine with that.
1: (laughs) It's different with her. I don't know why, but it just is. And she never, like, truly, I mean, she hopped up a little bit, but she never, like, actually reared with me. Yeah, rearing would be it. No. That's your... It's a no for me. Hard that's no. Your, that's your deal breaker. Okay, do you have any superstitions that you believe in? I don't. I um used to think that yellow was bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Crystal Browning. <laughs> <laughs> but I've gotten over that. I, Fallon, <laughs> I talked about the mental stuff, and that's one of her big things is don't have superstitions like that. So, I don't anymore. Cool.
0: Okay, so here is our fun little... Um, we're, we, this is our, we're gonna call it our rapid fire round. Um, so, just first thing that comes to mind. Okay? Okay. So, text or call. Text. Um, who do you text or, or who do you text the most? You. <laughs> Frenchman's guy or dash to fame? Um, dash to fame. Mayor Gelding? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> Mayor. Uh, Four-letter word that starts with B. (laughs) Butte. Your last Google search. Wound care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course it was. And do you sleep with your socks on or off? Off. Okay. Well, Holly, thanks for being a guest on your own podcast. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I think that... um, I'm I'm glad that we did this because I think that you are... A really good example um, of somebody who has not given up whenever you've had many opportunities to. And so I think maybe somebody who's struggling could um, maybe get some encouragement from, you know, the fact that you've stuck with it. And now, you know, you over, you know, it's taken you nine years, but you have, you know, the horse that you've always, that you've really been looking for the whole time, you know. and hopefully you know you guys will have a long career together so
1: yeah never I mean it's taken me nine years to win a buckle and that's been on my goal sheet for 10 years well so I guess 10 years I mean nine years of actually having horses to run so yeah keep going yeah all
0: right well guys I guess um we will
1: see you on the next one Thanks for listening to our podcast, where we're not so rich, not so famous, but but we're we're all all trying trying to be. be.